Good morning, Canberra, and welcome to Fuzzy Logic on this wet and rainy Sunday right here across the ACT. My name is Broderick, and it's a pleasure to be with you today as we're going to jump into the world of science through those puddles a la Mary Poppins. We're transforming from the world of uh, Irish voice into the world of science now, and I'm uh, super excited today because we have a great guest in the studio who's going to be sharing a bit of her work that she does in well, I was going to say in the world of science but it's in the world really in general and and how we can connect um, through something called nature therapy forest therapy it's got many names but let me introduce my guest joining me across in the studio today is Jay Ridgewell uh, forest therapy guide nature therapy guide welcome along Jay Thanks, Fred. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, it's an and absolute... thank you, thank you to the land for for having me too. I'll... Before I launch in, acknowledge that no. the land that we're on, the beings that are here, that have been here before, um, and that might come in the future, animals, plants, people, and everything else. Thank you. That's we haven't had that sort of acknowledgement before on Fuzzy Logic. I appreciate that uh, because yeah, we are here on a land that's been around a while. Um, and that's what uh, forest therapy, nature therapy is about, is, is connection to that. And we might dive into that as we go through today, but maybe if we start at the, I was going to say the very beginning, but the very beginning for you was probably when the land was first around. <laughs> but let, let's, let's start at the beginnings of this idea around uh, nature therapy and connecting to nature. Um, what what what's the the crux of this this work that you do? Yeah, um, the I mean the the, the crux, the real centre of it is that we're part of the earth, <laughs> and we um, humans have always all of our ancestors, whether um, wherever we come from, whether our ancestors live in the same country that we do now, we've all spent a lot of time outside. Um, it's only real recent that we've come indoors and closed ourselves off from um, changing the air inside, changing um, what it feels like under our feet, wearing shoes, um, all kinds of things. So it's this working out a way of helping us in our modern society return to some of the real... Um, connection that we have always had and that is very important for um, our health, our physical health and our well-being um, to remember that we're part and interconnected with all things on the earth and um, all life. So that seems very broad but in terms of the, the nature therapy stuff it's I mean what I do is I guide forest therapy walks or nature therapy walks, take people out and um, we do a few slow simple practices to slow down and just appreciate what's there and just a little a little window into what life has been like for humans for a very long time yeah, yeah. and i was gonna say talking of the, the connections to nature and that sort of thing you're in the studio now and and we are inside a building and don't have a window out there but i noticed you have a, a leaf in your hand yeah why, why have you brought that with yeah. you <laughs> um yeah, I just knew that oh, often in these kinds of situations, you're stuck inside and more and more as, you know, this is my own little path of 
rediscovering how much um, joy and wonder and everything that that being in nature brings me I feel more and more closed off when I can't see outside or I can't feel the ground and um, this this leaf here um, has been in my bag since I left uh, Budgeon where I live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland and the land of the Gubby Gubby people it um, is a tree near the bus stop an iron bark and um, it drops these beautiful really tough leaves and this one's gone a bit uh, kind of torpy, I guess. Um, yellowed, if you want to be real simple. Um, and yeah, just feeling the textures of that brings me back to thinking about everything that's outside of this room as well. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, let's uh, go back to the beginning of all of this and some of the, the history, because where has this desire to to recreate this connection come from what are are the origins yeah um, and for some it's never been lost I think Mm. a lot of a lot of indigenous um, cultures have always had and have been trying to tell us um, us being I guess I'm white um, middle class western anglo upbringing um, that connection in nature nature is really important and that we are part of it and um, different faiths have some relation to nature as well, and um, the modern thing, the thing that I, I did some training in and, and where I came to learn about it, is this idea of uh, forest therapy um, or forest bathing, and that's forest bathing is a translation from a Japanese term shinrin yoku, and that. Sometimes people think, oh, it must be some ancient Japanese thing. And it started in the 80s kind of as a government intervention. Um, so it's not, not, um, not something that's been around for a long time, this uh, conscious way of bringing people out to connect. So uh, in the, 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 the story as I know it um, about Shinrin Yoku comes from when there was the big tech boom in Japan and a lot of people were moving from farmlands, um, rural areas into the cities very, very quickly in a you know, couple of years. It really happened a lot faster um, and a bit later than it might have happened in UK and um, US, for example, mm. and here. And so people suddenly were in these mega cities, huge high rises, um, very distant from forests and working very long hours. And um, the Shinto religion in Japan is quite connected to forests and, and forest spirits. If you've seen um, those uh, Studio Ghibli films, they, they spend a lot of time sort of looking into that, that side of, of Shinto, of forest spirits and things. Um, and so the Japan forestry, who realised that people weren't coming out to the forests, um, the you know sort of equivalent of national parks and wildlife type group, and the health um, side who were looking at the hospitals, public health um, uh, experts were saying people are getting sicker, and we think it's because they're moving away from the forest. W- they had this sudden rise in diseases that have been in in um, Western world for longer, like chronic heart conditions um, and and high stress levels and depression, anxiety, and um, cholesterol, and and these sort of I can't remember what they call them now, like with these Western diseases seemingly and, and modern and um, 
And they thought, well, how can we improve the health of a population, not, not just giving someone a pill, but the population looking at public health? How can we improve people's health and get them back out into forests? Because we think that would help. Mm. Um, so they came up with this system of, of forest bathing or, or shinrin-yoku, which can be translated to immersion rather than bathing <laughs> uh, for people I, who are a bit uh, sceptical of yeah. the bath. I, I like the imagery of bathing, though. It, yeah. it, it, it's a nice uh, nice way of engaging with nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that bathing, bathing, immersion, whatever. And that's why the, the terminology is still a little bit um, in infancy. Everyone uses different terms. Um, yeah, so they made these programs that were quite structured and they, they went from, um, okay, we'll come out to this national park, for example. We're going to test your... Um, take some... Uh, blood pressure tests and uh, cortisol levels in your saliva and things like that and then take you for a slow walk through the forest um, with some structured uh, activities to connect with your senses going through maybe what can you hear and see and smell and um, yeah after a few hours finishing that up uh, and than testing people again. And so that research, that's, this has happened sort of in the late 80s, I think, that started. And so there's sort of 40 years now of these practices going on and improvements and refinements. And, yeah, now there's, there's a research area of forest medicine um, and there are some doctors in uh, Japan and Korea, I'm, I'm quite sure, I think Taiwan as well, who are specialists in forest medicine um, and yeah, it, it's become part of the medical field there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And is there something in particular about the, the forest environment compared to other habitats that you're talking about there? Yeah, um, yes and no. <laughs> so the, the forests, um, there's some work, and, and now, now the research for, for this general area of nature um, connection and extra immersion and, and human and environmental health. Um, the crossovers there look at green spaces and blue spaces being um, a green space could be a, a thick forest, it could be a park, it could even be a, an oval that you live next to that may improve your health compared to living next to another block of flats. Yeah. Um, and a blue space is lakes, rivers, oceans, that kind of thing. So um, the traditional that that chinrin yoku where it started was taking people into the the forests in japan um but what i do and the what i trained with a group who are based or started in the u.s and they took on the the shinrin yoku side of things and then added a whole heap of other lineages so looking at uh, different ways that um different indigenous cultures spend time outside and and relate to each other as well and looking at oh, what what else can you do in meadows and parks and and I actually guide in places that you can hear the traffic and you can possibly see some houses and fences and things and um it's not necessarily just about the the forest as a magical off you know two hours drive away disappearing into the forest kind of way but really connecting to nature um, yeah. And that's, I mean, it, the language thing is always complicated because nature in itself is a bit of a distancing term um, that humans and nature, where 
you could say humans are nature and so going to nature or going to the environment um, is a distancing and that's part of what we're trying to bring into the conversation is how do we actually break down those barriers so that we can look after the earth better. Yeah, yeah, and I hear that too. Like I went away um, last weekend down to Pebbly Beach, which is near Batemans Bay, and it was a wonderful time. And I I remember actually thinking as part of that trip, we have a nice little camper van, um, but thinking at one point that, you know, just not going indoors for a whole couple of days was was an interesting idea um, as we went through that. Um, But for me, yeah, it's, it's... I have to drive two hours to get to that nature and, and to, to be able to do that. But in reality, there's there's a lot on our doorstep right here in Canberra too and there's a, there's plenty going on around us um, that we can connect with. Yeah, just yeah. the other week. Um, I, and I'm, I, I am a novice as well in all this. I'm learning <laughs> myself. And I'd had this idea for ages. I want to sleep out in the front lawn one night. Um, yeah, almost like a kid camping in the backyard as well and... Yeah, I was kind of embarrassed that I hadn't done it before um, in, in the place where I live now. And so I did, it was the full moon the other, the other night, put out a, um, a mat and a sleeping bag and slept under the full moon. And it was, you know, yeah, I heard some traffic go past and some mosquitoes in my ears, but it was delightful. Yeah. yeah really yeah. grounding. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So when you... Uh, start to take people on this journey into the nature um and and building that therapy um how do you how do you kind of start and engage with one of these sessions where where does it begin when i meet people um so when when i go as i said in, in a park or something and it's a part part of it is about connecting with nature or or really feeling like you're present and 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 there and part of it is about connecting with each other and that social element um so we sort of get to know each other a little bit in a simple way and I like to um share a little bit in a sort of a more standard way of interacting of like oh here we are um we're on this mountain or this is where the the creek line lies and, and when I was guiding in Canberra so perhaps at, at Mount Ainsley and, and looking at well I mean some people have uh, a map in their head and some people don't over that way is um, down the hill to, to Northbourne and over that way is if we go south there's the lake and that's where if it rains that's where the water is running towards and that joins and I've forgotten now the river that goes I think Longolo River yeah. um, someone will correct me yeah and and connecting to the place as it is including you know the roads or the the airports on the other side of this hill or that kind of thing and then deepening so it's all about sort of bringing the layers back deepening to how long has this land been here what's the geology of it perhaps and how many people you know recognizing acknowledging the traditional owners and the long-held connection to land and the people who might have farmed as well and had a connection to land Um, there as well so we connect the place in in different ways thinking about what's here now what has been um, and then we go into uh, explaining what's going to happen because it can be uncomfortable for some people what forest therapy 
does because it's unusual to be silent perhaps with other people yeah um yeah different things like that and then when we get going we kind of slow down into what some people who have experienced um some kinds of mindfulness might recognize just just slowing down into our senses um maybe just taking deeper breaths and noticing what's what's around you with your eyes noticing how your eyes work um, how it feels to use your eyes and even that sometimes can bring you oh yeah I've got eyes I'm not just you know we get so in our heads to feel like oh they're kind of juicy at the moment and or they're tired and noticing how your body is as well in relation to what you're looking at or that kind of thing did I answer that question? I can't remember I think, what I, it was. I, I think you did. <laughs> I think you've taken us through the the start of what an experience is is like yeah. um, in that. And I guess um, you started getting into the, the senses there as mm. well um, with the eyes and, and how your eyes are feeling. Um, and I'm presuming it's a, a being bathing. Um, bathing is something that kind of engages all your senses and... and um, is is that the way you're looking at it with with the work you do too, in in starting with the eyes and moving from there? Yeah, yeah, we so, and moving on and 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 through the senses. And some people will be, um, and I know when I've done um, science workshops with kids as well, we look at our five senses, and it's very much the five senses, you know, eyes and ears and mouth and nose and fingers, and um, that kind of thing. And there's so much, there's so much richness just in those those senses. If you actually give yourself time to listen for a couple of minutes or smell for a couple of minutes, taste, and, and even tasting the air. Um, the idea of it is like, oh, it's not going to taste like anything. That's, that's ridiculous. But um, noticing our, ta- our sense of taste has, um, in itself, it brings you into your body. It's like, oh, oh. Actually, I can taste. It tastes like me, or it tastes like breakfast, or um, coffee, or even um, you know, nose and nose and mouth are connected. And you can sometimes taste a smell if you're in a strong eucalypt forest or something. Or the earth. Oh yeah, there is a bit there, and the opening of like, oh yeah, there's heaps going on that our bodies um, are, are trained to only pick up what's important and often what's perhaps uh, a danger to us and we block out everything else but soaking it all in is is powerful but then I like to go further and I think um, Amos who wrote the program that I I trained in he reckons he can come up with about 14 senses but there's idea like your sense of balance how does it feel to sit in a chair right now are you if you tilt forward how does your body feel noticing your muscles is a sense Um, I think I sprained my ankle once really badly and building up that is it proprioception? Proprioception, yeah. How you're, it, it's sort of balanced, but knowing where your body is in space. And, and we know some people are much more agile and better at that. Like dancers know exactly where each little finger and toe is. Um, and that's, that's enlivening in itself. Um, yeah, and so, so then we sort of build into what is it that we're sensing and try and be where we are wherever we're you know sitting in a chair in the lounge room or underneath a, a beautiful big tree what does it feel like to be here right now yeah 
and temperature as well. That's the sense I've been noticing lately. Yeah. As we've yeah. come into hot weather again. Yeah, temperature. A, yeah. Humidity. And, yeah. Um, even motion of the air and pressure. I think that's... Um, you kind of don't notice it because you don't need too much. And then suddenly like, oh, yeah. And I remember doing... Um, physics and and the the air pressure is holding your body together it's like when you're underwater you can (laughs) feel the pressure of the water we kind of ignore the air because we're in it all the time but yeah there's yeah it sort of wakes you up um yeah because that's and that's very true yeah our body is designed to sense many things but we get so many inputs into our brain that it ignores a lot because otherwise we would be overloaded um there's an interesting contrast there, isn't there, that the work that you're doing in trying to build connection and, I mean, it's not meditation as such, but there is a lot that clears out the mind from, mm. from the everyday things that probably fill it up. The irony that you're trying to then fill up the mind with <laughs> the, the things that are happening there. Yeah. It's um, is quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's filling up, but it's, um, you can just, you can notice it and then let it sit there, yeah. I think. Yeah, and actually a friend of mine who came along on a walk afterwards, she said, oh, that's, was not, she was expecting it more like how she felt in meditation. And she said, oh, that was quite external. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Everyone has, like, everyone comes along and has a different experience and each time in a forest it's different because the trees are different. They've grown and they've, you know, the leaves are moving. And But she, because it is about noticing what's, around you as well as how your body is in relations so um yeah it's sort of in your mind and out of your mind some people call uh, instead of mindfulness bodyfulness uh, so yeah. yeah lots of ideas yeah. no that's that's really interesting and and i mean it makes sense when you're talking about connecting with the environment around you and, and what you're in that um yeah getting caught up in your mind isn't where you're going but bringing it outward and uh, I'm keen to explore further because I know there's been a lot of science done on meditation and the importance of that for our, our body and building ourselves. And I'm keen to dive further into the science with you around uh, forest bathing and nature therapy and, and what's all there. But before we do, we should have a short break for ourselves so we can take a breather and do what we need to do. So here's some local music. This is Peach Lane with Take This Day. Peach Lane there with Take This Day. The time is 11.31 and you're listening to Fuzzy Logic here on 2XXFM. This is people-powered radio, community radio across Canberra and streaming online at 2xxfm.org.au. If you do enjoy listening to the station, uh, that's also where you can subscribe to us and uh, support the ongoing work of uh, community radio uh, and we really appreciate all our subscribers who contribute to keeping this station going today here on fuzzy logic we're talking science as we always do but uh, we've got uh, special guest jay ridgewell in the studio who's uh talking to us about the practice of uh forest bathing as as the word came to us from japanese or nature therapy um and really engaging and connecting with the land and the 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 world around us, nature around us. 
before the break, we started on uh, looking at how you might start going uh, in this and how a session starts for you, Jay, when you lead people in it. But uh, we do dive into the science here on, on fuzzy logic and, and, and I wanted to reflect a little on some of the science that's been done around it because you started to talk initially about the origins of this in Japan mm. and they were testing cortisol levels in in people and, and blood pressure and various things to understand. Um, what uh, what other work have they done in terms of scientific research around this to understand the effects it has on people? Yeah, uh, lots but, and varied. Yeah. So my... Um, my background in also doing science education is to not uh, overstate the science, um, but there's lots of research going on in the area. So as I said, um, this forest medicine um, is its own field now with its own journals and conferences and, and going on in um, spearheaded by East Asia um, countries. And, um, they look at uh, a lot of the, the medical stuff of um, so those stress level type things about blood and um, heart rate variability is an interesting one, which looks at uh, actually uh, a healthy heart changes its. Um, oh, jeez, I've lost all my words. Um, <laughs> so it, it beats in a somewhat irregular pattern and that's really it's a healthy way not not like super crazy but um because it's adaptable to lots of things and they look at being able to bring your heart back to back to a good um stable but but variable and adaptable way and so they look at those kinds of things another big area is immunity and um their research quite a while ago has sort of started into uh, our natural killer cells, which are the first response um, in the immune system that basically find find intruders and, and start munching them up as um, immune cells. And the research continues on that, but looking at, wow, spending time in forests, and that's forest environments, particularly in uh, Japan, and they're pine forests generally, um, increases just a couple of hours will increase your your natural killer cell count um, huge amounts like I can't remember exact details I'd have to go back to the papers but they're looking at this for um, general well-being improving your immune response people take vitamins all the time to improve their their immune response but um, for things like cancer as well and um, infection and improving recovery after surgery and and those kinds of things as well so there's that medical science um there's also a lot of psychology and and neuroscience like you were mentioning before with with meditation there's a lot of research into that now or mindfulness um strategies and so self-reported type surveys like you might fill in a survey before you go on a walk and then after or um and some of the research is more about just being in a forest. So it might be just spending two hours and then going for a walk, coming back, compared to a walk in uh, an urban environment or a city. And that research, yes, I mean, 
you almost don't need to do the research. Like, would you be surprised if I said people are calmer, um, in a better mood, um, less rumination, less negative sort of overthinking things and anxiety and depression when they've been for a walk in a forest or even in a meadow compared to in a busy city street? So there is that research which confirms what we probably, you know, can intuit. Um, But that research is important because it informs how we build cities and schools and hospitals and um, policies to look after the population. So a lot of public health research is looking into it now um, as well. Public health and, and even like architects and urban design and planning, how do we look after our people better? Yeah, and I think we're quite lucky here in Canberra in many ways in the, the the satellite city model that we have and the green belts across that um, and the fact you can um, in most places in Canberra and certainly in the, the older suburbs, um, it, it's not too far to go to get to some green. Mm. Um, and, and in fact... Um, well, as I was pointing out to you the other day near, near our place, that um, there's there's many walking connections to connect those green places for us, and it's actually designed so well that walking is um, the, is the more direct route than driving more yeah. often than not yeah. um, to, to connect people. Yeah, yeah, clever. Even even for people who are um, not as mobile or stuck at home, perhaps. Um, Physically, or because they're very busy or got kids or whatever, viewing out the window at, at trees and, and mountains or even sky um, as another blue space is has um, benefit to you. But the, the interesting thing that I want to mention as well is other research that looks into what they call nature relationship or nature connectedness, um, not just... Uh, um, Spending two hours in a, in a green space, for example, is good for you. How do we measure how someone feels about that green space, how connect, like connected to it they are, um, sort of increases the dosage perhaps. So um, there's research in the UK and, and I know I remember that the title of the um, article is it's um, – moments not minutes so counting like you know like I think even the research in in health and fitness is is saying oh you know the whole idea of 30 minutes a day and then you're good kind of (laughs) is probably not as good as having a physical lifestyle where you you move a lot all the time and the same thing making you know going well once a month I go for a bushwalk compared to feeling connected all of the time with the nature around you, with the things growing next to the footpath, with the birds flying over, uh, with the rain, just feeling connected. Um, And that can be a little bit harder to describe and to encourage in folks. Um, But it has this stronger input onto improving mood, um, so psychological benefits of, of well-being, and also how we relate to each other. So instead of just, um, oh, I feel I feel better in myself and I'm I'm more good. Uh, the the research is starting to show that people with a strong connection to nature, like nature connectedness um, rating or whatever they call it, is um, connecting, uh, have more compassion for others, other humans, 
people down the street and compassion for the earth. And so we'll pick up that bit of rubbish or make choices around their lifestyle because they're concerned for the planet and the birds and the trees and the butterflies that they see every day rather than doing something because the neighbours are doing it or someone's watching them or um, those sort of social external factors. Yeah. And I guess that's an interesting point now as we're moving towards... Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, effort out there by scientists to encourage people to act towards climate change and, and the, the the situation that we're in. Uh, the, the UN summit earlier this week, the, um, uh, the chair of the, the president... I forget the position that the, the head of the UN was, was saying, you know, we are in a, uh, we're on the, the highway to, to hell at the moment um, with where we're going around climate change and that sort of thing. But a lot of the work that we hear from them is quoting uh, the, the scientific research behind it and the statistics and that sort of thing. Um, is, is there a role for, for the work of, of forest therapy and, and connection in building better, building people's um understanding is it going to enhance the way they they feel about or enhance their feelings around climate change and and environmental change i certainly hope so so (laughs) um i mean i want to recognize just then when you were saying that how my heart sped up because i feel it all the time um um and and i think part of our uh culture is trying to run over the the feelings and and fill in with numbers and facts and and measurement and the measurement's important and we're getting better and better uh, predictions of what's to come and what's happening um but feeling it is intensely uncomfortable <laughs> but i believe so very important for us to really respond in a way that is actually going to um, have a have an impact like um and so and that's part of the other the other side of of a nature therapy walk is that when we we share some things and allow space for feeling the joy and the awe and the wonder and the oh gee I just feel so calm now and you know those kinds of feelings from from being outside whether you have a picnic or go for a walk or whatever but also space to feel grief and sadness and loss and longing for something else and um so in to take it to to my own personal um way of doing things that space um I think is important because it allows us to process how we feel and really respond in a way that is um, not superficial, I guess, to the crises that we're facing, the climate and extinctions and so on. Um, in the bigger world of the research, I've I have to. I don't know if there's show notes or something that I can give you. We, we do have social media, so I'm happy to share on, on Facebook and Twitter after. Yeah. Um, one of the, this this group that do the research um, into nature connectedness have there is a I think as a year on report they were releasing stuff that is about how do we encourage how do we change culture and, and mindset or, or connectedness as relationship because that is what is key and and lining that up with some research that is also showing that environmental research when we take 
um, you know, take some kids out to the wetlands and show them water bugs and show them all the things that live in the water. Or we do some um, uh, public signs that tell people to recycle more, or all those kinds of things. Environmental education has its place, but it doesn't change people's way of life as much as this connectedness, as this feeling like, oh, no, I am fundamentally a part of this and connected to, I don't know, that, that ibis that's walking past me right now. And so I will change how I live, um, whether that's making choices about what I buy, um, how I travel, uh, where I live, where I work, whether I work, how all those things, changing those fundamental, not just, oh, I'll put this in the recycling bin. That, that kind of real fundamental change is, I think, what, what is necessary, um, regardless of the outcome. Um, but it also, the Nature Connectors has this double bonus, I think, of like, I feel really connected and I can feel the sadness and the grief. But also, it, it's so quick for me to see that ibis and feel with a big smile because I feel like, ah, it's my friend the ibis. And, and that's what I think everyone can can benefit from and what sort of outcomes have you found from people taking part in your your programs what sort of feedback are you getting um from those who've done it with you yeah Uh, lots of different things um yeah and it's it's all great what someone recently i took a group of uh, retirees through through a four-week nature connection program um with Based on on what I've learned from from forest forest bathing and a little bit of journaling and um, a little bit of home projects and connecting with each other and sharing our stories. And uh, one lady, she might have been in her 70s, and these people, you know, they signed up to it. They wanted to come to this, whatever this nature connection thing is with this Jay um, in the forest. And we just started, we'd just done maybe... I don't know, 25 minutes or so, I'd introduce what we we're going to do and we started doing the senses, that kind of thing in the forest. And after, in their little sharing circle, she said, that is the first time I have felt like I really saw the bush. And I go bushwalking every day, every week. You know, she walked a dog her whole life. She was a bushwalking type, you know, she... You know, you can you can imagine. I can't remember. She had a the polar fleece and, you know, rugged shorts and boots. She wasn't like a city type. Um, but she said that was the first time I noticed the bush. And I get that a lot from people who might be, you know, in the, quote, city type or um, didn't spend much time outside as a kid. My partner grew up um, sharing a bedroom on the fifth floor in a big apartment block. And all different people from different walks of life wow, that was so different, a different way of being, and they can take something with them. They're like, oh, I'm going to try that. And then, you know, a couple of months later, I'll get an email that says, oh, yeah, I noticed this thing that I would never have noticed before because I'm spending a bit more time. So that's what I love to hear, you know, that that, that shift in perspective. Um, but also in... In a walk, you can get that shift in perspective. So whether it's in 25 minutes or over a few months, um, calm, grief. Some, sometimes people break into tears and it's an honour. It's quite special to, to be there and it, um, 
to be there for them and to share that as well. So, yeah, mixed, lots of things. Yeah, it sounds like a very unique experience. Uh, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, Jay, I'm hoping you might be able to help us uh, guide us via radio <laughs> from where we are listening at the moment through some sort of experience that we can take. And uh, and so stay tuned, listeners, because I think there's a, a really unique experience to come from that uh, as we continue forward. How does that sound, Jay? Yeah, great. Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Mama Kin there with Redwood River. My name's Broderick Matthews and you're listening to Fuzzy Logic right here on Canberra's community radio station 2XXFM. We are people-powered radio. Today on Fuzzy Logic, we're talking about uh, the science behind uh, nature therapy, forest bathing, and I've got Jay Ridgewell in the studio with me, who's a nature therapy guide. We've ta- gone on a journey from um, the the history behind it all and what brought it about across the, the Japanese cultures into Australia and some of the connections that are built through nature, and now we're really lucky. Jay's offered to take us through a bit of a guide on uh, some something you can do where you are right now. So I'm going to stop talking and hand over to Jay to let her guide us through a bit of uh, nature therapy. Okay, thanks, Fred. So, uh, yeah, I mean, wherever you are sitting, I know I'm sitting inside a room um, and I can't see outside, but uh, I am noticing myself that I am sitting and... I'm on the earth and so wherever you are, perhaps you're standing, lying down, going for a walk, bringing into mind that you're on this planet um, and I invite you to come with me. We'll try a few um, senses just for a couple of minutes to connect with where we are on the earth right now. And perhaps if you're, um, you'd like to, you might like to close your eyes at some point through here, but that's not necessary. You might feel like you want to be still, but moving's welcome as well. You might like to uh, slow your breaths or deepen them if that feels comfortable to you, um, or just let the breathing happen. And noticing perhaps what sounds are around you right now. Maybe the sounds are human-made sounds. Maybe they're natural sounds. Perhaps uh, there's the wind blowing or... In different parts of Canberra today, perhaps a little bit of rain or gutters dripping. Perhaps some birds. Perhaps there's some machinery or some traffic or people, children, dogs, lawnmowers. Noticing all the sounds that are there right now for you here. Uh, And perhaps using your imagination to conjure up some sounds that are 
you'd like to hear. Noticing perhaps some sounds that are louder or softer and that they're all part of the earth where you are right now. As you're slowing, perhaps you'll notice that you can hear your own breath. Perhaps the movement of your clothing as you shuffle and noticing that you're here and that you're here on the earth and in the air or perhaps the sky as it just reaches all the way up, way above our heads. And the air perhaps today is feeling cool or warm where you are. Perhaps you can notice temperature, movement of the air, humidity. And remembering that that air, some of it has come from some plants, maybe close by as they give off some oxygen that we need. And we breathe out some carbon dioxide that they need. Perhaps that air that you're breathing in today has been freshly cycled by a tree near you. Or maybe it's come from somewhere far across the planet. Swirling about in the sky. I wonder, as you breathe in the air, perhaps through your nose, if there's any smell to the air today. Or perhaps through your mouth, if there's any taste to the air, or to you right now. Noticing that perhaps it changes all through the day that you can do this all through the day wherever you are Um, just remembering that you're here on the earth um, I find it is um, pretty special and something that I find I just want to do more of thank you very much for that Jay I think um, you've certainly taken a a pretty unique moment there to, to bring everyone uh, a greater connection to wherever they might be right now and uh, I hope um, people do take that opportunity to try that again later in the day or later in the week or the month wherever they might find time so thank you so much for joining and sharing with us today uh, I've, I've certainly learnt a lot more even though I've done a session with you before I feel like I've picked, dived even deeper and picked up some of the sciences behind it as well so thank you You're welcome. Thank you for having me and and sharing this. Yeah, and safe travels onward from Canberra and eventually back home. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in too, listeners. I hope you did enjoy today's show with Jay. And uh, if you want to listen again, we do podcast as well, Fuzzy Logic on 2xx.podbean.com. You can find us there. 
My name's Broderick Matthews and this has been Fuzzy Logic, your science on a Sunday.